1: Ocean Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Krofey. I'm Halls Burkhart. And boy, am I excited about today's episode. We're doing our first two-parter. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about the Nintendo Entertainment System, so the NES, if you will. we talked about the Genesis, or the Mega Drive, if you're nasty. <laughs> and today on deck, we're talking about the Super NES the, 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 the console, the SNES, or the SNES if you're nasty. Um, (laughs) Super Famicom. Super Famicom. And I got so much to say about this console, and I did a lot of research, probably the most research I've done for an episode yet. (laughs) Um, We're splitting this into two parts. So uh, how it's going to go is we're going to talk just generally about the Super Nintendo, some memories, some peripherals, things like that. And then next episode, we're going to go hard in the paint, talking about the games of the Super Nintendo, and Crown, our favorite game. Uh, I can't wait. I think this is going to be a fun couple of episodes. Me too. I got a lot to say about this fucking system. (sighs) Man, such good memories of this one. So before we get into that, I wanted to talk to you about something, buddy. Okay. I I think both of us received uh, perhaps some gaming gift cards for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Sometimes people look down on gift cards as a Christmas gift. And I'm here to tell you, buddy, not me. So my brother-in-law and sister got me a GameStop gift card for Christmas. And that shit was like the golden ticket from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for me, buddy. (laughs) Because for two reasons. It opens up a world of possibilities. And when you get that as a Christmas gift, you know what's going on at that same time christmas sales online yep so then like so i've got a hundred dollars in gamestop gift card credit so i I go and i look at the xbox store and then i go look at the playstation store and i start figuring out all right which games do i want to get and i'm scrolling it took me probably no joke three hours to make the decision and then i have to go and convert that gamestop gift card into xbox and playstation gift cards like i'm fucking laundering money or some (laughs) shit (laughs) You know, I just wanted to let you know what uh, what fruit it bore what games I got. On an Xbox. This is what I got. I got Doki Doki Literature Club. Mm-hmm. I've played some of it, buddy, and it is fucking wild. <laughs> you got to play this game. Okay, yeah, I've heard that is. I would insane. like to do an episode on it. It is insane. It's the first time I can remember playing this much of a visual novel game, and at first I was like, well what's the big deal it's kind of just like an anime visual novel game it takes a turn (laughs) i don't want to say anything else other than it is wild sold Um, uh and i got the because all the hitman stuff was on sale i went all in on hitman i haven't started it yet but i got hitman 3 And the Hitman 3 upgrade packs for Hitman 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. I did the same thing. I got all that stuff too. Um, I really want to get into those. Let me tell you though, they could make that a fucking easier process. How is there not just a pack that's Hitman 3 with all the Hitman 1 and 2 stuff in it? I had to buy Hitman 3 and then two additional things to complete the collection. And it wasn't that it was expensive. They were all on pretty deep discount but it was fucking brutal trying to figure out exactly what i needed. Yeah, i had the same
0: problem. I figured it out eventually. You have to ins- you have to install the game you're wanting to play, like Hitman 1, right. but then launch Hitman 3 and it should be available as
1: like you know, a it's campaign be from that. It's got to be easier than that, man. <laughs> they got to do something about that. Yeah, it's a little tricky. Cuz i played Hitman 1. I actually got it I can't remember if I got it for free, like on the Epic Game Store or for like $2 on a Steam sale. I played it on PC a while back and really liked it. And I hear nothing but positive stuff about 2 and 3, so I'm looking to dig into those. That's a potential future episode, I feel, since we both went in and got both. Yeah, and
0: I've played a little bit of it. I've gotten through the prologue all the way. And it's pretty intimidating, some of those levels, because they present you with They tell you how to basically, I mean, they they don't exactly tell you how to do it, but they Mm. tell you your goal. Mm -hmm. Like, kill this guy this way. Mm -hmm. There's like 37 different ways to do it once you get to the actual level one. So (laughs) I played the prologue. You're talking about the one where the yachts parked? That one, one I was able to do everything for it without too much
1: trouble. I did that Mm -hmm. on PC and loved it. Yeah, I was -hmm. like, this is so fucking cool. And then didn't go much further than that. So I can't wait. Yeah,
0: it's very cool. Very cool. The next mission in the prologue is um, really neat as well. You, you know, you have to kill some weirdo chess player spy dude.
1: Yeah, and I hear in um, Hitman 3, there's like a Knives Out uh, inspired level, kind of, which I can't wait to yeah, check that's out. that's cool. Hm. Um, so those were my Xbox purchases. Well, also, I bought a pair of cat ears for my <laughs> Halo character <laughs> i don't know what either my sister or brother-in-law would think if i said to them hey that gift card you got i got cat ears for my halo character <laughs> 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 i don't regret the purchase at all it's balling i love it um <clears throat> then on playstation i picked up two games i picked up kena bridge of spirits a game i've been interested in but was not so interested that i had to get it mm-hmm. immediately i think was, that game was I was skeptical, but it got pretty well-reviewed, I think. And I've played a couple hours of it just to try it out. Uh, It's going to be a game I've finished. It is beautiful. It's smooth. uh, It's really good. Is it anything groundbreaking? Not necessarily, but it's good. And then, I haven't told you this. I've been keeping this close to my chest and my heart about the fourth game I got. Mm. What I finished out my gift card with. Uh, A little game called Death Stranding. Death Stranding Director's Cut, the PlayStation 5 version. Kojima. Kojima. A game that I avoided like the plague. In last episode, you said something. You said, I like weird. Mm -hmm. And buddy, this game is fucking weird. (laughs) I find myself not being able to stop thinking about it. When I'm not playing it, I'm thinking about this weird fucking game, man. Mm -hmm. A game where essentially I'm that dude from The Walking Dead who has a baby strapped to his chest that is also essentially an Amazon delivery person. (laughs) It is so weird. Guillermo del Toro is a major character in the game. He's always fucking chatting me up. I don't know, man. I'm glad I waited on the PlayStation 5 version because I got the director's cut. It was super on sale. Uh, I think it's worth checking out. It is a very weird game. Will I finish it? I don't know because it is
0: unique. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For whatever reason, that one didn't grab me when it came out. It didn't me either. Not, but not... seeing
1: it on sale, seeing the PlayStation 5, mm-hmm. you know, I hadn't played anything on my PlayStation in a little bit because of Halo and stuff preceding that. Been sort of hard going hard in the paint on the Xbox, so I wanted to uh pick up a couple of PlayStation things while they were on sale, and that one got me. And I got to say, it's gorgeous. It has got some atmosphere going on. I oh, don't know, man i kind of dig it we'll see how i feel playing after i play more of it but mm-hmm. so far so good cool um what did you spend your uh, holiday gift card
0: yeah i got some gift cards too so i i picked up i went on a little metroidvania spree picked right. up a couple games game called eterno noctis how's that um i haven't played that one yet uh picked up another game called ender lilies mm-hmm. which that one's pretty cool um what'd you get that on uh playstation okay i think okay. um but that one is interesting. Uh, you play as, like, a little girl, almost as, mm-hmm. like, a priestess or whatever. And when you swing, like, hit your attack button, the ghost of a knight that's protecting you appears and swings. Oh, It's kind okay. of that deal. So, but other, I haven't gotten too far into that one yet. But you, I've killed the first boss, and then you can take the boss, and they become, like, an attack for you as well. Like, okay. It seems pretty interesting. And I got another one also on the PlayStation called Fist. Which Evan talked to? Yes, us about. that's what I was going to say. I saw you on PlayStation the other day playing that. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, that's that game Evan was talking about." That's the one that's grabbed me the most so far. As I put a little bit more time into that one, not a ton, but is up, it good? Enough. Yeah, I dig it. The music's really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it gets stuck in my head as I'm playing it, and the the combats is decent at this point. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's um, not. I wouldn't say it's my favorite Metroidvania combat so far, but it's good enough. You okay. know. So, but the story seems pretty cool. I think you would dig it. There's like a raccoon ninja character who teaches you uh, special techniques and stuff. So, definitely one. Can you buy PlayStation games on your phone? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> if You have the app.
1: <laughs> go, go on, go on.
0: Yeah, so that, one, that one's very good as well. And, uh, yeah, so I'm trying to think if I picked up anything else on sale. Oh, I did get the Hitman stuff. You
1: know, yeah, really yeah, you got that. It, yeah. You're actually who you clued me into that, and I was like, oh, that's... It's a good call. I would mm-hmm. like to get those games.
0: I asked um, friend of the podcast Eric Struthers about it on Twitter because I was like, "Look, dude, do you try to do every challenge on every level? Because there's so many of them, mm-hmm. not just like the different ways to assassinate somebody, but there's also so many challenges like disguise yourself as, as... a guy in a penguin suit or right. something, you know, just something random. So you knock out a few. He's he's like, yeah, I kind of I kind of do because I'm a crazy person, and I immediately related to that because. I that's kind of the problem my ocd takes over and i'm just like don't want to move on to level two until i've exhausted level one
1: i kind of wonder if because i could see myself doing the same thing i kind of wonder if my best approach will be to have a set number of tries per level before i move on to the next one and mm-hmm. then if i want to go back and clean stuff up i will because i'll never get through the trilogy if i have to do that's every the, yeah because there's just oh, so much stuff to do on every level um, you picked up the Max Payne games too. Didn't I did. You, yep. Mm-hmm. You got Max all three. Pain, yeah.
0: I tried to play through the first one, and it's a bit rough. Like, and I've played through Max Payne and Max Payne Two before on PC. Me too. Which I feel like that's kind of what they were made for, mm-hmm. right? Like they don't translate well. That Xbox version of Max Payne One is pretty atrocious. Feels like you're aiming in peanut butter. Oh. You know, and it's just it's impossible to be accurate. So I kind of quit playing that one, but I have been playing Max Payne Three, and that one holds up. Yeah. Very well. Soundtrack's great. The graphics um, are good. Man,
1: I love having some fucking digital cash in my pocket to window shop <laughs> yeah, video man. games. Because, man, it, it. but like I said, it becomes a serious choice. Like, am I going to do this? Am I going to get this? What about this? Oh, you know what else I picked up? Because it was like $4? Blue Dragon.
0: Oh, okay. The RPG from the Xbox 360?
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, from, I think it was Mistwalker's first. S- First game, Mistwalker, is a game uh, studio that was started by some of the Final Fantasy folks. Mm -hmm. They broke off from Square, started their own studio. They did uh, Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey. I think they've done some um, mobile games. And most recently, they did that uh, Apple Arcade exclusive game, Fantasian, Mm -hmm. where all the backgrounds in that game are handmade uh, dioramas. It looks incredible. Hmm. I'm... I don't play games on my phone, so they're gonna need to bring that on out on something else for me to play that or something. Right. Maybe I get an Apple TV, but um, I like I want a like I like to have JRPGs and shit at my beck and call. Blue Dragon is one I didn't have. I don't know if it's the most well-regarded. Um, xbox 360 rpg Mm -hmm. but uh, i want to give it a shot sometime it was on sale for like four bucks akira toriyama the guy behind chrono trigger and dragon ball did all the character designs and stuff so i'm gonna check that out eventually seems right (laughs) up your alley yeah i think that was a pretty early xbox 360 release sounds
0: right i feel like i wanted to check it out because I still ended up pretty hardcore into RPGs then, but for whatever reason, I didn't. I definitely played
1: a little bit of Lost Odyssey, though, and I liked You that. borrowed it from yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, that's, that's the main thing I wanted to talk about, because I know uh, you can relate, because you were in a similar situation. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't mind getting some digital cash to spend on video games. No. You know, uh, Jesse was all like, uh, hey, what do you want for Christmas? I was like, Steam gift cards pay off that fucking steam deck when it comes out and she was like come on you got to give me a better idea i was like i like gift cards i don't that's what i want yeah give me steam gift cards so that's what i got and it fucking ruled
0: that's right and i can't wait for that steam deck me neither buddy imagine it's probably gonna still be a few more months for me at least yours might be not too far
1: off no we're both quarter quarter, two quarter two I didn't get mine my, my pre order in in the February window. Oh, okay. We're both quarter two. From The last time I checked, I'm still quarter two. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get them around the same time and then we can do like a Steam Deck review episode. Oh, That'll be fun. There's some games I'm looking forward to playing. Grime, yeah. gr- game called Grime being one of them. What's that?
0: Kind of like, uh, you know, Metroid, some Metroidvania's have always kind of gone a little more hand in hand with Souls lately. Mm hmm. And that one, I think, is, from what I've read, one of the more successful ones. So, nice. Being on a Metroidvania kick and always on a Souls, Souls kick. Souls kick,
1: sounds like. <laughs> so, would you say Dead Cells is kind of a Metroidvania Souls um,
0: combo? Mm, not that one so much. There's a game called Salt and Sanctuary. That one. That, one, that, that one's Hollow definitely... Knight, I know Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um what was the name of the one you literally just said the first one Dead Cells Dead Cells Dead Cells to me I guess I guess there's definitely a little bit of souls in that for sure yeah because yeah you have to get back to that but yeah I mean a lot of that feels like just a Metroidvania with super smooth kind of platforming gameplay right so
1: you ready to move on to the topic du jour let's do it our favorite little weird gray and purple colored (sighs) console (laughs) (laughs) so the super now when we talk about any we're not going to like get deep in the weeds with release dates but just know if we mention a release date it's the US release date because that's what we're used to Mm -hmm. but uh, we're talking about a console that was released in North America on August 23rd 1991 I would have been 8 years old when this console came out Um. We're talking about a console that worldwide sold 49.10 million units, which when you think about it, that's not as many as you would imagine, right? Mm -mm. You're talking about a console that came out after the company Nintendo literally revived the video game market in North America. Video games were dead, were considered a fad. There's the whole crash thing post the Atari era. And then the Nintendo comes along and dominates the video game space. Um, it, you know, Nintendo also did some shady shit in the <laughs> NES era where they wouldn't allow, you had to like... Um, you couldn't publish your game on other systems. Uh, it had to release on the... You know, they did all this weird sort of stuff, antitrust stuff that they ended up getting sort of in trouble for. <clears throat> and then the Super Nintendo being their follow-up, you would have thought would sell like crazy like the NES. But they had some stiff-ass competition. Yeah, they did. In the form of Sega. Sega really came out and took it to them and like made that shit personal. We talked in the Sega Genesis episode about um, Sega Genesis does what Nintendo don't mm-hmm. and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and I feel like it, at first it was the more popular console, at least uh, where I lived. I felt like more kids had Genesis than they did Super Nintendo. It,
1: it started off that way. Mm-hmm. Now, worldwide, the Genesis sold about 10 million less when it was all said and done. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Nintendo still came out on top, but we're, I think we're definitely seeing um, quite a bit of a drop. I want to look because it's crazy when you think about like how many units the switch has sold Mm -hmm. compared to the super Nintendo, I guess more people are in gaming. Gaming is more widely accepted by a wider range of people. It's way less less Um, niche now. Uh, but, yeah, it's crazy to think. Like, would I. If you just asked me off the top of my head uh, how many Super Nintendo sold, I would have been like, I don't know, a billion. <laughs> a whole lot. Um, I'm trying to look up numbers. Okay, so worldwide, the NES sold 61.9 million. So about 20 million more. Cool. <laughs> so they did take a dip, but not like the Craziest of
0: dips, right? I now, feel like the Nintendo was dominant in the market before as opposed to the Master System, like big time, far. big time. Yeah, so, so, so that's kudos to Sega for being able to come out to close the, the and that close the gap. That's close the gap like that, yeah. And
1: unfortunately, post Genesis, they were never able to re- recreate that success, and mm-hmm. it sucks, yeah, because the systems that followed were good, you know, the Saturn I was good, the Dreamcast think was good, every single system post, um. Genesis is good. I even think like there's some good Sega CD Same, stuff out there. 32x yeah, uh, now. Yeah, I wouldn't even eh. consider
0: that a system. You know, yeah, really, you know, I, it's an add-on. But. but I would say the Sega CD definitely had some good games.
1: Oh yeah, especially
0: if you like RPGs. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so, um, do you remember? Did you get one near launch? No, it wasn't.
0: But I do remember the like. I have a story for when I saw it for the first time. I uh, give it to me. So uh, as I would have been thirteen then. And I remember going to Walmart with my parents just to go walk around. They're doing some shopping. And I would always go walking by the electronics department, as I'm sure you did. Oh, yeah. And they had one on display. A demo unit? A demo unit. And I was like, but there was another kid there and his father. And I was just jealous because his father was, like, playing Mario Mm -hmm. with him, you know. And my dad couldn't give a shit less. You know, he was walking off to checking out something else. So I just watched these two people play it for 15 minutes or whatever and then left and i was just like i thought it looked so awesome just super mario world Uh you know compared to oh my god the graphics it just seemed so much brighter and and the colors popped better and i don't know it was it just seemed like a a, an oasis uh uh, you know the graphics just just popped for me at that age at least and i couldn't wait to get my hands on one but wasn't able to do it that christmas you know my parents Mm -hmm. for whatever reason I, i i begged (laughs) weren't able to make it happen but
1: I don't have um, so like you know by the time I got my Nintendo it wasn't like Nintendo's were hard to find Mm -hmm. you know I remember getting my Game Boy and my dad stressing to me like we had a hard time finding one of these motherfuckers I don't remember if the Super Nintendo was if console scarcity was as much of a thing back then
0: yeah I don't either I'm I did eventually get it, like, at the beginning of summer the following year. Um, My uncle wanted me to babysit his kids while I was on my summer vacation, and he promised to buy me a Super Nintendo if I did it. And I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Got it, dude. You got
1: it. So uh, it released for a retail price of $199. mm hmm and in today's dollars, that'd be equivalent to like four hundred and six dollars. Right. So not that far off from current console yeah, prices. Only a hundred dollars more to get a well that you freaking know, PlayStation Five. The PlayStation Four launched at four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of one of its big coos against the Xbox One, among other things. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, um, I remember the first time I ever. Saw the Super Nintendo in any capacity was a television commercial. And I would, in the mornings, I would get up, put TV on, have cereal, get ready for work, or work. At eight, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Get ready for school. And I was up getting ready for school and a commercial for the Super Nintendo came on. This had to be 1991 if they're showing a commercial for Mm -hmm. it. And like stopping and freezing and, looking at my dad and be like did you see that this is before I had a Genesis even I'm pretty sure and my for some reason my dad thought it was a handheld system Hmm. and I was like I don't think you're right I don't know about this Um, that's the first time I ever saw it or heard anything about it the first time I laid my grubby little mitts on a Super Nintendo controller and played one fucking demo station at a Mm, Walmart actually at a Kmart Okay, Kmart and dude do you rem- I don't know maybe you don't this might be my personal fucking anxiety but do you remember going into the electronics section and you look and there's somebody playing the demo system so you then, you're like well I guess I'm going to go look at some cassettes <laughs> yeah I <laughs> guess I'm going to go read the back of Master of Puppets on cassette and see if <laughs> these dudes leave and just like not going and being like hey I got next not right. talking to these strangers just waiting for them to leave that's exactly what happened And they were playing Super Mario World. And I just circled the electronics section like a fucking shark. With Chum in the water, my dude. Waiting for these people to leave. And when they did, just like... And being like, what are the shoulder buttons? Yeah, all these buttons. All these buttons and like... I don't remember, when's the last time you put your hands on a Nintendo controller? Uh, it hasn't been that long. It's Those square, they feel weird. They're so small. S- small and blocky. And blocky. Yeah. And just being like, wow, this controller is huge. It has so many buttons. Ma- Why didn't they call it Mario 4? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Super Mario 4, my dudes.
0: I remember them jumping on Yoshi.
1: And being like, what? what? You can ride a goddamn dinosaur? And just he can eat the the enemies? What? And just being my mind exploding, galaxy brain, (laughs) (laughs) dreaming about having one of these just to play. Didn't know anything about any other game besides Super Mario World. Oh, yeah. I wanted to play that game.
0: That that was fine as far as like a launch title game. I mean, I played
1: that. (laughs) That's all I had when I got my system, you know, was that came with it so then what happens is i end up getting a genesis and my parents or specifically my mom is like we're never buying you another system this is stupid you can't play your old games on this you have to buy all new games and what finally broke the camel's back and made me have to have a super nintendo we'll talk about them next episode but it's super star wars okay I saw Super Star Wars at movie time video on the shelf where we would go to rent games and was like, I have to have this. I have to have this. And I was like, guys, I know you said no new systems, but did you see that there's a Star Wars game? And my parents were like, my mom, once again, specifically, no, no. So you know what I did? At... So it would have been. I didn't get. I know when I got my system. I got one in 1994. Oh, okay. So, in like three years post. Yeah, yeah, because I the version I got came with Donkey Kong Country packed mm-hmm. in. Man, what a game that was! Right. That was another. Game. That was another reason where I was like, I have to get this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 1994. I would have been 11. I started a small at-home business where my dad taught me how to change the oil in his car. And so instead of taking it somewhere to get the oil changed, my dad would go buy all the stuff and pay me like 10 bucks, 5 bucks to change the oil on a Saturday. Well, then I started telling everybody in my family, when y'all need an oil change, go get the stuff and bring it to my house and pay me $10 and I'll change your oil still way cheaper than going to one of those oh, yeah. like 10 minute oil change places even right? back even back then I
0: would imagine that yeah. would have been probably like 20 bucks 25 yeah.
1: bucks so um on saturday my uncle my cousins that were driving they would line their cars up in our driveway and I would just grease monkey it up buddy and <laughs> change oil all day and save that cash and then on my birthday in 1994 I got some cash for my birthday that put me over the limit. Just enough with tax and shit to go get the Super Nintendo bundle with Donkey Kong Country. And you would have thought I bought a hoverboard <laughs> or a, a actual working lightsaber.
0: Man, that is such a cool story. Like, you really worked hard for it. It had to feel so good to go it to did. the store and, and hold it in your hands after all that work. And man.
1: I remember we went to... Um, Cause it would have been in Columbus and we had a Walmart and a Kmart. That's about the only place we didn't have, you know, a electronics boutique or anything like that. Babbage's. Bab- no Babbage's. <laughs> no Babbage's. Um, we had a place called cowboy Maloney's electric city that sold <laughs> stuff like that, but they would always be like 20 bucks more expensive than retail for some reason. Do you mm-hmm. remember those little mom and pop stores that would do that? Yeah. They'd market way up and we, Went to Walmart. They didn't have the Donkey Kong Country bundle. That's the one I really wanted. We went to Cowboy Maloney's. I couldn't swing it. They had it. So we go to Kmart, right? It's not on the shelf. And I ask, I break through my anxiety to talk to a stranger and ask the guy in the electronics department, do you guys have any of the Super Nintendos with Donkey Kong Country? And he goes, let me go look in the back. And it felt like I was twiddling my thumbs in that electronic section for fucking four hours. It might have been 10, <laughs> four, four 15 years. minutes. And then I'm sitting there and I see him coming down the aisle holding, holding it, something. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, I'm glad I asked. Yeah, you had one job left to do. Yeah. And <laughs> because of how late I got into the Super Nintendo in 94, because like two years later in 96, I got the um, Nintendo 64 64. around Mm -hmm. launch. And then the next gen was upon us. And then in 97, I got a PlayStation. I didn't have nearly as much time with the Super Nintendo as I did my Genesis or my Nintendo. Right. A lot of my Super Nintendo experience came later in high school and in college through. um... Emulation. (laughs) (laughs) Who fucked with my settings? (laughs) Hello? Emulation. <laughs> um, that's where I played a lot of Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. was emulated. But not that I didn't. I got my time in on that, that Super Nintendo. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it seems weird at the time. It feels like I had it for forever. But, um, you know, I had it from early summer, 92. And then I kind of feel like I was moved over into the PlayStation era by the time with 96 or 97. Mm-hmm. So, console generations were shorter back mm-hmm. then, for yeah. sure. I mean, technology was advancing pretty quickly then, too. When you think about 8 bit to 16 bit.
1: Well, just think about like, I so <clears throat> the first console I ever bought myself on launch was the PlayStation 2, which was in 2000. And I got my PlayStation 1 in 1997. So, that was three years with that system, you know? Compare that to the Xbox One, which its generation lasted from 2013 to 2020. They've gotten a lot longer now, these generations. But, buddy, the experience of going and hooking that thing up and playing Donkey Kong Country to the wee hours of the morning. Ooh, satisfying. I remember when that game came out, I
0: got it and just being surprised by the graphics they were able to achieve.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, really pushing that thing to the limits. Rented the hell out of some games on that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, before I had my own, I knew kids that had one. My buddy Steven had one. Um, but I do remember most kids being sort of on the Genesis train to start off with.
0: Yeah, my buddy down the street, he had a Genesis. The kids across the street had a Genesis. I was the only one on the block that had the Super Nintendo. Nice. So I was pretty stoked about that. Um, especially when Street Fighter Two time came.
1: Let's talk about that controller a little more. Okay, I think as far as controllers that released with the system, it is the best "quote unquote" retro video game controller.
0: I would agree with that. I love the way it's contoured on mm-hmm. the sides. Big the shoulder buttons. Shoulder buttons it's are great. Still
1: to this day, a Super Nintendo controller just feels nice in your hands. Mm-hmm. So does a Genesis controller, but to me, it's hard to give it that one unless you're talking about the six button. And the six six button is one they brought out later to sort Mm -hmm. of compensate for the fact that they only had three buttons on the original. Right. I love the feeling of a Genesis controller in my hands. Same. To this day, if I get a fight pad for a console, if I can find one that's even vaguely Genesis-shaped, that's what I go with. But there's something... Perfect about that Super Nintendo controller.
0: I agree. Uh, I didn't care for the col- whole color scheme or whatever, but no. uh, I liked the button layout. Thought it was good. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't mind the shoulder buttons. I got used to those pretty quickly, and um, I just thought that you know, going from two to six just opened up so many more things you can do. The D pad is
1: perfect. The change to four face buttons, which would become the de facto. Think about every controller you play with now. Four face buttons. Mm-hmm. The addition of shoulder buttons, like I just think, it was perfect. We've talked about it a ton of times on the this show. The Super Famicom looks way better mm-hmm. than the Super Nintendo. That's my only gripe is the console design. To me, is not great. Built like um, a tank, though. Built like a tank, and have you seen a Super Nintendo out in the wild lately? Mm-mm. Those things yellow. They be looking oh, yeah. like this in yeah. your fucking Green Bay and <laughs> your Green Bay beanie <laughs> buddy. That's what they'd be looking like if you come across one, especially if you had parents that smoked inside like I did. My Super Nintendo looked like it came out of the goddamn Ark of the Covenant after a couple of years. (laughs) Like a southern summer or southern spring pollen. Uh, Yeah. I wish I still had my Super Nintendo. Unfortunately, I lost my original Nintendo, my Genesis, and my Super Nintendo in the House Fire. Uh, Sorry. Uh, And I, you know, that's one I re I've re bought a Nintendo. In college, I got a NES from a pawn shop. I got a Genesis from a pawn shop. I never rebought a Super Nintendo. Um, you know, nowadays, obviously there's emulation, but there's also the uh, Switch online service mm-hmm. that gives you access to a, quite a few on-demand Switch games. The list is not perfect, right? But it's got quite a few of them on there. Uh, I want to talk about some of the crazy shit they did with the play the. Super Nintendo. Uh, you brought up one that I th- have some of the best gaming memories because of, I never owned one. I never owned the game I'm going. we're going to talk about when you talk about it. But what was it called? The Tap? The, the Hudson t- Multi-Tap. The Hudson <laughs> Super Multi-Tap. Mm-hmm. Which was basically let you play up to four people.
0: Five, actually. like, Well, because it was a, uh, yeah, I looked it up. It was uh, it plugs into where the second controller goes, mm. and it's got four mm. that come out of that. So you could, I don't think we ever played anything with five people. I think the most I ever did was four. But um, it was really good for Super Bomberman, which was like one of the ultimate party games yeah. to me. Like if you had four people in the room playing that <sighs> game, you were going to have a good time. And also Secret of Mana,
1: which was, you know, the Square RPG. Which... which I never got to play multiplayer, but I can only imagine that that shit was fun. It was real fun. So I have this vivid memory from when I was in the Boy Scouts. I was in the Boy Scouts for two or three years. And once a year during the winter, we would have monthly campouts where we would go and camp out in the woods and shit. But in the winter, they wouldn't want to take us out to camp in fucking frigid-ass temperatures. So we would literally go to uh, the Boy Scout Hut. It was our meeting hall, and we would just camp out there. And kids would bring their TVs and their game consoles, and we would watch movies and play games. And I remember one Friday getting out of school, being super excited, because that was my favorite camp. I'm not a camping guy, Steve. Me neither. I don't like bugs. I don't like fucking cots and tents i like comfort and electronics right Same. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, but the in in uh meeting hall camp out my favorite of the year stoked get off on a friday afternoon start packing my shit up oh i'm Ooh, i bet you everybody would like to play this or getting my magic <laughs> deck put together because there would be magic and star wars ccg games going on right and i remember getting my stuff together and my phone rings and I answer it. and it's a dude I barely talked to on the Boy Scouts the effort this dude had to go through because this isn't in today he had to call somebody to be like do you know Halls' number and they had to be like oh no but this guy might and then finally get a hold of me and he goes hey you have a Super Nintendo right and I go yeah and he goes how many controllers do you have and I go well I've got two and he said bring them I've got something to show you guys oh, and I'm like what is he talking about and I get there, and he's got Super Bomberman, a game I've never heard of, and the fucking multi-tap. Good times are about to be had. Holy shit. There were scout Masters that got in on it and were, like, cursing in front of us <laughs> and shit. We had a fucking dry erase board with, like, brackets and oh, tournaments beautiful. going. And that's not even counting the amount of Street Fighter, fucking Mortal Kombat, Fucking killer instinct. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about these games more, but. If it was late, weapon lord. (laughs) These being on deck to play against a bunch of fucking jacked up on sweet tea (laughs) Boy Scouts and MREs. (laughs) You know what an MRE is, Steve. Uh huh. Yeah. Whoa, they're gross. Meal ready to eat. Yep. Yep. That's what we would eat on campouts. Yep. And man. I've that was is. the first time I ever experienced what you would call a party game with yes. Super Bomberman with the Boy Scouts. Oh,
0: really good. fun, man. Like, I don't know about with the Boy Scouts, but I assume it's the same as anywhere. You just a lot of yelling and screaming mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. <laughs> trying um, to get away from those damn bombs. Oh fun game. It was simple concept, but uh, fla- pretty flawless execution, especially with that multi tap.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh I also want to talk about... Did you ever fuck with Mario Paint? Nope. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. So Mario Paint was like a quote-unquote art program that came with a mouse and shit for your Super Nintendo. I never owned it. I had a friend named Jeremy that owned it. Not the Space Barbarian. That'd be fucking funny, wouldn't it? (laughs) It turns out Jeremy and I have known each other since 1991 and you're just finding out and shit. Um. He got it for Christmas, and he was like, I don't think, it's kind of lame. And I go over to his house, and then, yeah, like, on the surface, it seems like one of those sort of click-to-color-in things, whatever. But it also had shit in there, like, sort of primitive animation Mm -hmm. capabilities, and I messed with that shit all afternoon at his house, making stupid little animations and stuff. That kind of shit is the shit... That I'll always love Nintendo for is the weird shit, right? That they think of peripheral wise, mm-hmm. and to me, that is one of the coolest.
0: Yeah, that I don't recall, you know, ever getting a, to play with it, but I remember the ads for it yeah. and stuff like that. I'd see in the magazines.
1: I, um, it's what got me interested in animation as a possible like possible career. I didn't follow up on it, but that was the first time I sort of it clicked with me how right. animation works and how frames of animation work. Seed was planted. So fucking cool. Yeah, man. Something that was not as cool, the Super Scope.
0: Yeah, and it's such a shame because of the pedigree of the light gun. You know, with an NES, mm-hmm. uh, I was almost as excited to play Duck Hunt at first, at first, yeah. as I was to play Mario Brothers that eventually kind of wore off. But I did love the
1: Zapper, and the Super Scope just wasn't it. It was not It was... Unwieldy, mm-hmm. it's kind of goofy looking. They should have just made the next iteration of the zapper. You know, I know there was, you know, around that, generally around that time, there was that whole issue with a company, um, called LJN that made a line of battery powered water guns called Intertech, and they looked legit like Uzis and shit, and a couple of kids got shot Ugh. because of how so that's why now when you buy a toy gun it's super colorful it mm. has the orange tip in it right so I think part of the reason that they went to that weird sort of bazooka design or whatever it's supposed to be was to try and make it look as little like a real gun as possible mm-hmm. um, I never had one thankfully I never like used precious Christmas gift uh you know a precious Christmas or birthday gift slot to be like I want the super Scope, right yeah. um but my buddy Steven had one and he had t2 the arcade see my friends had t2
0: the arcade on Genesis with their gun which was better yeah way better was, better, yes. way so, better. I was gonna want
1: to make sure I mentioned that but yeah. so what did what did y'all think about the super scope <sighs> with the t2 I remember being so excited to go over to Steven's house and play it and then I remember both of us just being ready to move on pretty quickly Mm,
0: that's a shame
1: you know and i because t2 the arcade in the arcade it's awesome whoa (laughs) i love that shit whoa and you know the super nintendo and the genesis is the era where we're starting to be able to get games that are real close if not perfect arcade versions Mm -hmm. um you know arcade and pc always outclass console but you know this is where, because you look at things like the arcade version of Double Dragon versus the home versions, it's clearly way different. Sure. So, uh, just thinking like, oh, I can play that game at home with something called the Super Scope. And that afternoon at Stevens playing the Super Scope and T2, the arcade, killed any desire I had to actually own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that I got to fool with it first somewhere
0: else as well.
1: And I was like, this thing sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Um, another thing I thought was really cool was the super game boy player, Mm -hmm. which was just a cart that you stuck in. And then you could put a game boy cartridge in it and play your game boy games on your TV. I thought that was, I never owned one, but I thought it was fucking cool. I actually rented a super game boy from blockbuster and, uh, took it home and played my Game Boy games on the TV. It was the Switch before the Switch, kind of. That's cool, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you could sort of apply basic palettes to it so it wouldn't just be black and white. wasn't the greatest, but what a neat concept that they would then do again with... Um, I don't think they did another one until... I don't know that there's one for the Nintendo 64, but they did the Game Boy Advance player for the GameCube years down the road. And weirdly enough, the Super Game Boy player is what sold me on the Nintendo Switch when it was announced. (laughs) That's funny. Because I don't mind handheld gaming, Mm -mm. but to me, I'm always going to prefer playing it on the TV. So So, having a system that can do both was super appealing to me. Um... There was one other... Uh, do you know about the Satellaview? I don't think so. That's something we never got. The Satellaview was a satellite modem that you could hook up to your... Yeah, a satellite modem you could hook up to your Super Famicom in Japan. And you had to buy that. You had to play a subscription fee to the satellite service and to Nintendo. And you could download games and play them through the Satellaview. And there are Satellaview exclusive versions of shit like F Zero. I think there's a specific uh, link to the past version that's just the Satellaview. And I think you could even uh, download games to like basically erasable cartridges. Mm-hmm. So nowadays, when game preservationists they'll go to Japan and find the old Satellaview cartridges. And buy them, not knowing what's on them, hoping that there's one of these rare games on there, so they can preserve it. There's some Kirby stuff. There's stuff that's missing that people still haven't found. Hmm. Such a neat concept, yeah. and like, well before I ever thought of using the internet related to gaming. No, I never. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, there's also a really rare um, thing that will come up for sale every now and that was an exercise bike that you could connect to your snes and there was a couple of games that you could play sort of like primitive peloton, primitive peloton yeah, yeah. Was literally yeah that's awesome they they do some wacky shit man yeah.
0: i dig it i loved i loved the weird stuff on the nintendo too like the power pad and the uh
1: i never got to play with the weird little robot rob, rob i, I yeah. didn't get the set that had rob never played with still to this day i've never played with rob yeah power pad i'd lay on my belly and fucking boom, 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 <laughs> boom, like I'm playing the bongos and shit. Such a genius thing you could
0: be like. But look, I'm we're getting this so I could work. Out, I can stay in shape. You yeah, some yeah. running, running, doing jumping
1: jacks. Um. <clears throat> so the other thing I wanted to talk about before we move on or before we finish up the episode is the launch lineup. Uh, this, oh, yeah, you know this shit fascinates me. I love this too because I don't remember what came out on launch. Um, Did F Zero. Was that a launch title? There were five launch games. Okay. Think about how much we bitch now about <laughs> the amount of launch games. You right. know what I mean? Okay, so Mario World, obviously. Tell me the rest. Okay, Super Mario World. We will talk about that a little more, but it's a great game. Classic. Sim City. Oh, I didn't. That's crazy. I don't remember that being a launch title. A surprisingly good port of a pc game on a console right it works pretty well on the snes i think
0: can i take another guess Mm act razor nope okay go ahead pilot wings i do remember pilot wings i never played it because i wasn't much of like a
1: flight simulator or or just plane guy whatever you know it's okay yeah i dig pilot wings and pilot Wings 64 well enough is this a good time to bring up mode 7
0: because oh. that's kind of that was kind of a big thing for the Super Nintendo, and P- Pilot Wings was one of those
1: games that took pretty hardcore yeah, advantage so of it. So did a lot of the RPGs. Mode Seven. I don't even know how to fucking explain. It's kind what of a gimmick, really. Like, well, it's, it's like a layering. Gimmick, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It makes it gives the impression of a, kind of like like three dimensions, mm-hmm. where like you know, in a Final Fantasy game, when you're looking at the overworld, there'll be like clouds and shit that go in front of the screen, and mm-hmm. there's like transparencies something that a lot of super nintendo emulators had the hardest time nailing down at first. Mm-hmm. I remember playing early super nintendo games that would not do the mode 7 stuff, right? Yeah,
0: and it would do like the thing where you would be looking down at like the planet and then you would like go down yep. towards it and it would yep. kind of like it looked like it was moving towards yeah. you.
1: A gimmick but
0: a fucking cool it one. It was cool. It almost was like cinematics. Right, like you get mm-hmm. cinematics in in the later systems where it was like you your hands off and you're watching. It was kind of the same thing here. It's like a real primitive cinematic.
1: Yeah, um, I feel like graphically, the Super Nintendo something about its color palette and with the Mode Seven and stuff hits my buttons a little more than the Genesis. Same but here. I like the Genesis sound chip. The sound of mm-hmm. Genesis a little better than Super Nintendo. Yeah, I can see that. So I think there's a trade-off to be had there. Okay, so we got gratis. Super Mario World, Sim City, Pilot Wings, Gradius 3, mm. and F0. Okay, so F0 was one. I I would say of those you really,
0: you know, Super Mario and F0 are the, the To me those are the, the must ones. ones. You're yeah. right. Yeah, the other three, you know, Sim is a classic, don't get
1: me wrong, but yeah, like but- available on tons of other things as a kid if i was had the money to go pick up a uh super nintendo and one extra game mm-hmm. on launch it would have been uh f-zero was my would have been my game because this was pack-in game era mm-hmm. right f-zero was sick by the way i loved f-zero <laughs> it is and it's a franchise that they haven't done anything with in quite a while and it's a bummer it's kind
0: of surprising because i
1: would yeah. have been real excited if they that, one, that back. That one used the hell out of the Mode 7 as well. Like when you were racing. Oh, like yeah. Like to use the track. Oh, yeah. Because if it's a Nintendo first party game, they're going to show you the bells and whistles mm-hmm. at yep. launch. So did Mario. Remember the 3D effect of like being on the cages when you can That's flip right. to the That's other right. side yep, and yep, shit? Yep, yep, yep. Yep. That was cool. That was cool. You punch the... All right. <laughs> Before we go, I think this is a... We talked about the launch games. I think there's one other thing we can talk about That will lead us into the next episode What do you think Were the five best selling Super Nintendo games Of all time
0: Five best selling Five best selling Super Mario World has to be on there right mm-hmm. Zelda Nope Not Zelda Wow Hmm Dr. Mario Nope Hmm. Super Mario Kart? Nope. Yes, yes. That's one of them. Okay, cool, cool. (laughs) Super Mario
1: RPG? Nope. Okay. (laughs) Star Fox? Nope. That's my last guess. Tell me. The top five, and this is from highest to lowest, Super Mario World with twenty point six million copies sold. That's almost like a fifty percent attach rate. It was a pack in game, so that helps. Super Mario All-Stars was uh, number 2, okay. also a pack-in game, 10.5 million. There's quite a gulf in between the top and the second. <laughs> right. Number 3, Donkey Kong Country, pack with in, 9 late million. Late pack-in game, pack-in game. Super Mario Kart, okay. also pack-in game according to this at some point with 8 million copies sold, and then number 5, the only game on here that's not a pack-in game and it makes me so proud. <laughs> street fighter Two, the oh, world yeah, warrior the og with That's right 6.3 million copies sold
0: that game was a, a moment back then we'll do talk me, about it a lot more do me a quick favor
1: steve hit i want you to look up we'll keep it in the realm of nintendo so the best-selling game on the super nintendo was super mario world with 20.6 million copies look up how many copies animal crossing new horizons sold And then after that, do Breath of the Wild. I think those are probably the two biggest Nintendo Switch games.
0: Okay. uh, Let's see. Looks like around 32.6 million. It might be more than that now because I don't know how. (sighs) That's still, it's crazy though. You see what I'm saying? Like, actually it's more than that cuz those were in march and i see for may now it's 35 36 million so yeah. it's probably around, around like 40, 40 million yeah
1: almost double probably mm-hmm. like that's crazy and what was it you want to was Breath there another the one that's right Brett. now i don't know if these sales numbers take into account things like uh you know um what was it on the Wii? the virtual console 24 million by the way zelda yeah, look at. I mean, mm-hmm. I think this is just for a system that we have so much nostalgia for that is considered not just by us, but for many other people to be one of the best video game systems ever. It's crazy to think what it sold compared to what's going on today, and I think right. that just sort of shows us how much um, gaming has grown Absolutely. in the last thirty years or whatever.
0: Well, yeah, twenty twenty one million for Super Mario World in. In those days, that's a an lot incredible amount of. Oh growth. yeah,
1: oh yeah. Market penetration, <laughs> yeah. and the thing I want to leave you guys on to ponder till next week that I will try to state my case for is, to me, the Super Nintendo is when Nintendo, specifically with a lot of their first-party stuff, but other third-party companies too, took their franchises their beloved franchises to the apex of 2D gaming mm-hmm. where they really brought them to their ultimate best form in 2D, to where then five years later, when the Nintendo 64 comes out, they almost I mean, besides just having to keep up with um modern times mm-hmm. and go into three D gaming, like they kinda had no choice. Because yeah. they kind of reached their peak. We're gonna we're talking, you know, super mario we're talking super metroid yeah we're talking you know it's all a murderer, these games bro yeah. yeah of 2d games at their best most beautiful best playing and that's what we're going to talk about next that's week. right like the beatles it happens mostly over about four or five years <laughs> yeah and you know there might be some very calm arguments see you around the puffs. <laughs> have a good one guys see you next time. <laughs>